You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting the Black Man with the Gun Show. I'm wishing you a happy Thanksgiving just in case you hear this before you start your travels wherever you're going to get that big bird and that family time. You helped make me one of the happiest guys in the world when I realized how blessed I was with this podcast. This is episode number 497, and we're going to talk about how to survive a riot. Michael J. Whitland is going to share a little bit more about setting a goal. And Ray Price talks to the owners of a website called Friend or Foe. All this and a little bit extra coming up next. Blackmanwithagun.com Ken Blanchard's Pro-Gun Podcast. Thank you for being a part of this community. Yeah. You are one of many really decent people that I have been blessed to know. I want to give a shout out to Skylar and to Kale, to Lloyd and to Pat and to Mike and to Billy, Derek and Jay, Joe and Patrick. Yeah, and you. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance, let's get this party started. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. One of the things I can't stop saying enough of is thank you. You know, the Black Man with the Gun blog has been around since 2006. And the URL, blackmanwiththegun.com, since 1999, believe it or not. I've interviewed over 200 amazing people on the podcast that is getting close to his 500th episode and over 1.6 million downloads. This is episode number 497. That's a lot of stuff for a once a week show. This month, month of November 2016, we hit our ninth year of podcasting. If you binge on the Black Man with a Gun Show podcast, you'll find out that it starts a little bit after 50. You see, back in the day when I first started, they used to charge for storage for those very large files that were my podcast. So to stay in the archive and to stay solvent, I had to remove them bad boys because I didn't have the money back then. The Urban Shooter podcast, as it was called back then, was raw compared to what I do now. Now I've made over a million mistakes with SEO and grammar and marketing and more, but it's okay. I'm still here. And I'm blessed to have you here with me as well. You know, I almost quit several times, but because of you, I didn't. You are my blessing. So, thank you. And I'm going to say that a lot. Podcasting itself is a joy to me. I get to share my thoughts, my experiences, my knowledge, my dreams, and my friends on this thing. If you're new to podcasting, this is an on-demand media, and it's growing every day. Not everybody who tries it succeeds, but because of you, I have. For friends like the ladies of the Women's Gun Show podcast that have allowed me to produce their show, I'm using my experience to help them. I am speaking and inspiring podcasters all the time. I just recently came from the D.C. PodFest event, and I'll be at PodFest.us in February, for example. So where does the black man with a gun go next? Well, in 2017, I'm planning to work with people that I've been blessed with. I'm going to advertise for them, promote them, and help them and you with everything I have. I'm going to create some YouTube videos I say onward and upward, man. And with the help of a couple of friends like David and Michael and Ray, the podcast is going to continue to grow, but I'm not going to stop there. You see, I almost quit at 500. I thought, well, nobody wants to just keep on hearing this thing. But that's not the case. I got more to give. I'm not tired. I'm not even through yet. I'm just getting warmed up. Just recently, I spent a couple of weeks, not a couple of weeks, a couple of hours with some really good friends that I hadn't seen in a while. They built this fabulous studio 
called Thundershot. And if I get frisky and find the funds, a TV show is coming. What kind of TV show? Well, I got an idea for one that interviews guests and goes out on assignment and does some cool stuff. And then I'm going to have to like build it up and then shoot it there and then find somebody that wants to sponsor it to get it to you. But I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to do it all at this new Thundershot studio. Now, just recently I went there and, man, it was amazing. Lars and Amy, I went there to just talk to them and see what I could do. I just wanted like a corner of the shop to, to do some videoing. Next thing I know, they had the fog machine rolling, the back lighting, and Johnny Cash playing in the background. So they played around with the camera and took some pictures that you see now on my Facebook page. Yeah, that's where it happened. Last couple of weeks have been amazing. I've seen and heard some stuff that kind of bummed me out a little bit. I bet I'm not the only one. America is still the land of opportunity. We are still free. But freedom never has been free. There's always somebody that seeks to take it from you. There's a growing number of ignorant, privileged, and elite thinking people that don't like our guns or the way we live our life. And just when I thought I was just being me and just not really contributing to anything, I realized that what I do that is different from other podcasters is I try to bring the community together. I do. I am truly the pastor of Pistoleros, Paladins, and Patriots. It just sounds cool, but that's exactly what I do. The Old Testament has a really great scripture that says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. He was talking to the prophet Jeremiah in 29.11. Now, I always, when I hear this, I think about if I had a giant box of 5,000 pieces of a puzzle that somebody just dumped in front of you on the kitchen table and said, here you go. If you put this together, you'll have everything you need in life. And as you put those pieces together, you finally realize how blessed you are. And most of the pieces are people that God has placed in our lives. I know where I'm going in 2017 because I got a couple of the ends together already. I got a little direction, but it always wasn't like this. There are those times when motivation was low, when I was thinking about the past and all of my failures, when I didn't hear from anybody in a long time. I looked at my money and thought, man, it's not going to get me anywhere. Or I'm making some money now, or I'm doing something for a couple of people that's turning some dollars, but this isn't real money, not, not the money that makes movies, the money that travels, the money that teaches, that that I need to be. You can't do it on your own. But I'm here to tell you that life is good, and I'm going to prove it to you. Abraham Lincoln is quoted as saying something really, really cool when he said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. How cool is that? So with my puzzle pieces, with my people, my friends, my family, actually my extended family, ranging from marketers to publicists to to just people like you that can get the word out, I'm going to try to do more in 2017 and have fun doing it. I got a plan for some videos. Professionally produced videos. I'm going to do some of it, but some of them get help because I want the stuff to look good to represent our side. Because I have a point of view that is a little different from the millennials, the younger people, or the ones who've been doing it for a while. And I'm getting my hustle on. Yes, I am. If you go to the blackmanwithagun.com website, you'll see that I redesigned it. I was talking to a person that's a marketing person. They said, well, your, your website's a little outdated and your stuff is all blending into each other and the text is this and the text is that. And I was like, wow, you're right. Let me clean it up a little bit more than I have before. Let me put stuff on it that matters. But what about High Capacity Magazine, you ask? 
Well, I'm going to do what Freddie said from Animal Land. Focus on one thing, man. Focus on one thing. High Capacity Magazine not going anywhere. I'm going to let it um, percolate. We're going to work on it together. But in the meantime, I'm going to put all my attention on blackmanwithagun.com. And that's just the right thing to do. Plus, I got help, man. I got help. You know, I got uh, Michael J. Woodland and Ray Price and David Cole, who to this date has written stuff that has truly gone viral. And then my 3,000 plus friends on Facebook have been for real. I'm actually, I've been cleaning that thing up and I don't really talk to people that are on there. I kind of unfollow them and it's not quality or quantity anymore. It's quality. Quality in 2017. A few weeks ago, I got a chance to go down to New Orleans. Uh, It wasn't my first choice of a place to go, but the wife wanted to go and she it was a family, not a family trip, it was a friend's trip. Her and her closest friends and their husbands went. So they wanted to see if they could make it like a couple's thing. And it wasn't the greatest vacation in the world, actually. But I got a chance to uh, do some stuff that I've never done before. It made me really, really like Louisiana. And I met a cigar person who made a cigar that I thought was awesome. So... With their help, I kind of branded it the Blanchard. And I got some prototypes that uh, I'll probably be passing out for a small fee. And let me know if you like them. And if you do, then I'm going to get the uh, the cigar person that makes them. They're all hand-rolled and triple-dipped in uh, Hennessy. Really smooth cigar aged for a couple of years to sell them. And if I can get your approval, I'll find a cigar person up here that can that sells them to to carry it. And for the most part, it's just a a branding thing. I thought it'd just be cool to have a Blanchard cigar. Not even gonna be making any money from it. It's not even my company. You know, not not really, just kinda like an endorsed firearm. Kind of the same thing. But if you're interested, send me an email and I'll give you the details. I know we haven't got through the Thanksgiving and Christmas and all those New Year's resolutions, but I'm there already. I'm ready for the next year. I got plans and I'm hoping that you'll be a part of it. Thank you so much for sticking with me all this time, for being my friend and my brother. Thank you, sisters, for listening, downloading and supporting the show. Appreciate you so much. I just the words don't even make as much impact as I want to. I hug you if you were right here. You know what? You and I we're like a really really small gang. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck. You'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at crossbreedholsters.com. One of the newest features that I have on the show is that I have a new guy by the name of Ray Price that um, goes out and looks for new things to review. It could be anything from products to websites to Anything he thinks is just different different, and cool and nice to know about. So this week, he's sharing with us a website called friendorfoe.us. Take it away, Ray. Ray Price, I'm here with Chris Walsh from Friend or Foe website. Chris, how you, Chris, how you doing today, man? I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for um, doing the interview today. I appreciate this. So, can you tell us what Friend or Foe is and 
um, when you developed the website. Okay, um, so it's been a while, probably in 2008, um, I was a member of the OpenCarry.org uh, forum, and uh, I was just kind of poking around on there, and some people had uh, requested or just were looking for a spot to, to kind of track which businesses uh, were gun-friendly and which ones were not. And so I, being a programmer, I just kind of threw a quick website together way back in 2008 that, that let them do that. And um, I just kind of stuck it out there and said, here, you guys can play around with this and see if you, you know, like it. And they kind of picked it up and ran with it. So um, basically it, it, I let it sit for probably two or three years and make sure it was actually going to be used. And once I realized people were actually using it, you know, across the country, um, I... Uh, I went ahead and, and redeveloped it uh, a little bit nicer interface and that kind of thing. But what it is is um, it's a website that lets anybody um, go out and look up um, based on zip code or address or whatever you want to do for a, a location search. Um, places that have been rated, um, they come out of the Google Places database. So anything that's in Google will be uh, available to be rated on, on the website and uh, if you if you go out there and search, you'll see ratings you know, in your area, and you can kind of scroll around and see what's uh, friendly and what's not. And then um, if you want to add, there's no uh, uh, login required. I do allow anonymous additions uh, uh, just because I know some people, uh, especially in the gun community, are, are privacy you know, conscious, and they don't, they don't want to sign up for something. And so I think about 70 or so percent of the, the submissions are anonymous. Um, but several people do sign up and, and you know, go ahead and add that way. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's basically the gist of it. It's, it's mainly just so there's a place for me initially to go out and track uh, what places around myself were, you know, friendly or not. And then I just kind of stuck it out there for everybody else to use and they kind of ran with it. So when you initially started this website... You you basically gather just information. I, I'm guessing just just around you, right? Because that's a I mean, there's a lot of information on this website. Right. Uh, when it started out, it was just I'm from Richmond, Virginia, and so it was just the Richmond area. And we had you know within a year maybe four or five hundred entries. I mean, it, it grew pretty slow at the beginning, uh, just because it was only me and the, the guys from the Open Carry website, you know, that really knew about it, and so. Um, initially, yeah, it was it was just for my use and, and the, the people that were looking for something like that. Um, and then eventually, I uh, redid the interface and made it a little nicer, probably three or four years ago. Um, and uh, it's it's gotten a lot more attention since then. Okay. So, what statistics will someone find on your website if they're on there? Um, basically, if you look in an area, you'll be able to see. Uh, whether a place has been raided, so you'll, there'll be little markers on the map, and you can you know click a marker, and it'll tell um, whether it's you know it's color coded. So you'll you'll see uh, green for you know positive uh, gun friendly places, and then the red for uh, negative places, and so that'll give you a, a pretty good overview of which you know areas are more gun friendly. And then once you click on one, you'll actually see a a breakdown of all the different reviews that place has. So it can actually be reviewed more than once, and then those reviews are average. So if over time uh, some place was, you know, gun-friendly and they turned anti, you'll be able to see that kind of in the history. Um, so it's kind of neat how it'll track, you know, over, over time, you know, which places were friendly and, and weren't, you know, and the you know, status over time. Okay. In, in your opinion, why is there so many companies against having firearms in their establishments? Oh, I guess that's, <laughs> it really just depends. Some of it's just corporate policy. Some of it's just misinformation. Some of it's just they don't know, you know, that um, the criminals aren't going to pay attention to the sign. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a myriad of things that, that it could be. Um, and it's, I guess, up to us to, to inform them that, you know, we're the good guys. You know, most of us have, you know, concealed carry permits, and, and we've been background checked and all that, and... And even the ones like uh, like me, I don't have a concealed carry permit anymore. Uh, I used to have a Virginia one probably four or five years ago, but I got tired of uh, paying the state for the permission to wear a coat. So I, uh, yeah. I just open carry now, and, and I don't have any trouble. So, um, so yeah, it, it's basically, um, you know, I, as far as why they put up the signs and don't want it, I, I don't really know. I mean, it's 
logically, I'm a programmer, so I think logically, I, I know that criminals don't obey laws, so they should have to obey a sign on the wall. So correct. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I don't either. That's just up to them. And I'm, I'm a big private property, um, you know, supporter. So if they want to mark their place, I wanted to know about it, so I wouldn't bother them. I ain't gonna spend no money there, and I'm not gonna bother them with you know, you know, trying to argue with them or anything like that. I just won't. I won't worry about it. I'm going. There's plenty other places to go. Correct. Correct. Now, have you seen newer companies? What's the trend in newer companies have you seen? Have they been more pro-gun or anti-gun? Um, it really just depends. I don't, I don't, I follow my area, so I don't really go poking around the site too much to see, besides um, the places can be flagged, and if someone you know, has like a dispute over it, I'll go check that out. But um, I don't really follow too closely what other parts of the country are doing because I really don't travel there so it doesn't pertain to me but um, what I have noticed is uh, a lot of places are going from uh, preventing carry to realizing that you know it's in their best interest to welcome all their customers in this market so they kind of relaxed up on that and, and they don't really mind too much. I mean we've got some big companies that, that have said you know, we don't want your weapons here, but we're not going to kick you out if you come. So just kind of keep it discreet, and we won't say anything. That placates the the anti-gun you know folks or the crowd that wants them to say something. But it really doesn't limit our ability to carry if we want to carry. So I, I think that's at this point the best of both worlds that we can hope for until you know more people get on the bandwagon and realize that the gun free zones just don't work, and, and you know then we'll get rid of them. Correct, correct. We do need more support, and uh, we need more people to um, realize that we're the good guys. You know, usually, usually the good guys obey the, the rules, and um, they're not gonna cause any harm. Usually, so. Right. Well, what can we look forward to from um, friend or foe? I know you had the website since two thousand eight. Um, do you? Well, I keep telling people. <laughs> I keep telling people to ask every every few weeks or every few months. I get an email that says, "When are you going to do an app?" So I've got all the data, and it seems like it, it would be easy for me to go ahead and, and get on the ball and write an app. But I'm not, my work life has been pretty busy, so this is just something I've been doing on on the side. And you know, life gets busy. I got four kids, and you know, we moved to the country, and I got four wheelers we like to ride. So really, <laughs> something that just kind of happened, and it kind of grew, and now I'm kind of on my own and and maintain it as best I can, but it's really not something I put a whole lot of time into. <clears throat> but I do want to get an app written. I think it would be more useful at an app, app form, so you can just pull it up on your phone. It, the website really isn't user-friendly on your phone. I could, you know, could fix that a little bit, but those, those things are on the back burner, but like I said, it's just something I'm doing in my spare time, so I'm not sure when I'll get to it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to see an app. It would be easy just to pull that up and uh, just check before you go to the store. Or even update and right. just be able to say, "Hey, this I noticed this store here is uh, anti-gun. Let me just put, let me throw this in the um, right. friend or foe app." Right. And the other thing is, if you have it on an app, you can just say, you know, click a quick picture of the sign to have proof and that kind of thing. So it's just not you know somebody's word or whatever. So that I do want to get something more like that involved, where you can start putting things like that, where you know it's. A little more than just somebody anonymous posting saying this place is anti-gun. Well, here's the picture, so yeah, that's how I know for real. You know, it's, it's don't go there kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, um, that's, that's on the that's on the to-do list, but um, I don't probably see it happening before at least uh, in the next year. I've just you know got so much other stuff going on in my plate. Okay. Okay. Well, would you mind giving everyone your website? Is there anywhere else we'd like anyone to reach you at? If they have you know, any questions about. Um, friend or foe, or want to submit a suggestion or anything? Sure. Now, the, the website has a contact form, so they can use that if they need to get in touch with me, and it's just uh, friendorfoe.us is the URL. Okay. All right. Well, Chris, thank you. I appreciate the interview today. All right. I'm glad to be here and, and able to spread the word a little bit. Appreciate it. Appreciate this, too. Thank you, Chris, and I will talk to you later. Thanks. Have a good one. You, too. Bye. Speaking of friend or foe, 
I'm not sure when it started, but you can see the increase of racism in people under the age of 18 all over the place right now. Generation Z, as it's called, I think they're a hot mess. Is it the false sense of anonymity on social media that started it? Is it them parroting what their parents are saying at home, but they're disclosing publicly? Why is it happening now with a generation that has been given more than any other generation before it? I truly believe bad kids come from bad parents. What do you think? Around here, in my circle, I heard a mother ask for prayer because her daughter was afraid to go to college after the election of Donald Trump. I saw the bullying, intimidation, and racism recorded on television at a school where children of color were in the minority. I have seen and almost had to stop a whole bunch of black kids from acting up and bullying and intimidating a white couple on the subway. It almost got ugly. I'm almost terrified of what might happen if I have to go all the way and take out a crowd of racist youth. Fear of the mob is a big thing right now. Not the mob, not like Vinny and the boys. I'm talking about an angry flash mob, a mob of teens gone crazy. You know, the kind who protest right now and don't have a right to protest anything. Now, I know it's not your kids, but there's some rotten kids out here. Now, I know this is not everybody, but time after time, particularly on college campuses, it seems like millennials have proven that they're just more than just brats, spoiled, entitled, anti-intellectual thugs who place far too much emphasis on feelings and nowhere near enough emphasis on critical thinking. To the millennial, the ones I'm talking about anyway, words are cause for the creation of safe spaces. Alternate ideas must be stifled. Anything they perceive to be a microaggression is enough to send them spiraling into a state of mental distress. Something that my friend Tat sent to me, I want to share with you. Seven things some of us would like to tell those so-called millennials. The first one is, your feelings are largely irrelevant. Seriously, nobody who has already graduated college cares about your feelings. That means that when you complain to your boss because of your co-workers misgendered you, he's probably not going to bend over backwards to bandage your wounds. Nobody's going to fill out a hurt feelings report. Given feelings are entirely subjective in nature, it's completely unreasonable to demand everybody tiptoe around you to prevent yours from being hurt. The reality is that people will offend you and hurt your feelings, and they won't stop to mop up your tears because they shouldn't have to. Here's a hint. Learn to accept criticism, alternate viewpoints, and even outright insults. It will make you happier in the long run than routinely playing the victim card. I took a, a quick uh, experiment. I unfollowed some people just because I had too many people that I really didn't really talk to. But you know who got bent out of shape the most and the quickest? The millennials. They, they really take that liking thing seriously. Why did you unfriend me? Can you explain yourself? I did, and it has nothing to do with malice or anything. It's just amazing. Am I the only one that sees this? Number two, you cannot be whatever you want to be. I know we used to say that. Everybody said that when we grew up. One day you can be president. Well, that's a lie. It's one of those lies parents tell their children to boost their morale in school. Unfortunately, a lot of these millennials are now convinced that it's true, especially as society has now decided to push this narrative as well. The reality is, if you're 17 years old and still can't figure out basic division, you're not going to be a rocket scientist. If you're overweight and unattractive, you're not going to be a quarterback's prom date. If you lack fine motor skills, you're not going to be a heart surgeon. And it's okay to accept that you cannot be whatever you want to be. In fact, once you accept this, you'll be able to focus on the things you can be the things that you're really talented at. Number three, be careful what you get your degree in. Some degrees are a waste of money. 
While some millennials taking useless degrees will claim they're beneficial for teaching or research positions, the reality is they just put themselves several thousand dollars in debt to learn how to be a professional victim. While you're struggling to make ends meet after graduation because nobody who pays more than minimum wage is interested in your qualifications and you're drowning in student loan debt, be sure to check out the next harsh reality before you start complaining. Number four, if you live in America, you're already in the 1%. That's right. Even though you work at McDonald's for minimum wage because you've got a useless, outrageously expensive college degree, you're still far better off than the vast majority on the planet. Don't believe me? Try going to Uganda and check out the living conditions there. Fly to China, Saudi Arabia, North Korea, Iran, Russia, even some European countries like Ukraine and Greece. And you'll quickly discover just how well off you really are. Now, while it may be cool these days to dump on capitalism, it's the only reason you aren't already worse off. Number five, you don't have a right to it just because you exist. That includes health care, guaranteed income, and somewhere to live. Just because you're here and breathing doesn't mean society owes you squat. Like the billions of people who live before you, working hard is a better guarantor of wealth and the ability to comfortably take care of yourself than begging society or the government to do it for you. Demanding health care, be a right, for example, is equivalent to demanding government force the taxpayer to pay for it. While that may seem like a good idea, in theory, it only leads to rationing of care when costs become unsustainable, which negatively impacts not just your health, but everybody else's too. Number six, you do have the right to live as you please, but not to demand people accept it. By contrast, you do have the right to live however you please, so long as it's within the confines of the law. If you want to cross-dress, smoke marijuana, drink lots of alcohol, have lots of sex, and yes, even go to school for gender studies, then by all means go for it. Government shouldn't be allowed to legislate people's behavior as long as it doesn't infringe upon someone else's rights. But that doesn't mean society isn't allowed to have an opinion. You don't have the right to demand people keep their opinions about your lifestyle to themselves, especially if you're open and public about it. I have as much of a right to comment on the way you live your life as you do actually living it. Your feelings are not a protected right, but my speech is. And number seven, the last piece. The only safe space is your home. No matter where you go in life, someone will be there to offend you. Maybe it's a joke you overheard on vacation, a spat in the office, or a difference of opinion with someone in line at the grocery store. Inevitably, someone will offend you and your values. If you cannot handle that without losing control of your emotions and your reverting back to your, quote, safe space away from the harmful words of others, then your best is to stay put at home. Remember, though, if people in the outside world scare you, people on the Internet will downright terrify you. It's probably best to just accept these harsh realities of life and go out into the world prepared to confront them wherever they may be waiting. Seven things that some of us wish we could tell some of these millennials who are protesting, who are staging whatever they're doing. Am I right? Let me know what you think about these seven things. Okay, now that I've pissed off everybody under 30, let me apologize in advance. I know that's not everybody. In particular, I got two on this show that are outstanding and that I'm proud of, proud to be called their friend. Next up is Michael J. Woodland, who's continuing his tip segment on setting goals. Take it away, Big Mike. Thank you, Ken, and welcome to another tip segment. I am Michael Woodland of m-wtactical.com, and today we're going to discuss getting ready for the set goals. Last week, we spoke on setting goals, and throughout the segment, you heard me referencing placing in the top 30 in the division I shoot in the USPSA multiple times. My training will start off with doing two drills a day, one for a total of five minutes and the other for a total of 30 minutes. 
The first part will be after I wake up and I stare at a lit candle. Sounds strange, but let me explain. The goal is to stare at the flame and either repeat fire or flame in my head for a total of five minutes. If your thoughts start to wander, reset yourself along with the clock and start over until you can say fire or flame in your mind while looking at the flame. Easier said than done, but if you are up for the challenge, give it a try. The second part of this drill will be doing 30 minutes of dry fire drills with an empty casing balancing on the front sight. My initial goal will be to do this 20 times straight, and each time the casing falls, start my count over, but the time continues. If this is completed 20 times straight, just keep going until you either met the time limit or set a new goal for yourself for the next day. It is my belief that if your concentration is rock solid and your trigger pull is straighter than a ruler, you have other areas that could be built on to reach this desired goal. Are you willing to take this challenge with me? Let me know how long were your attempts when staring at the lit candle before your thoughts started to wander, and how many pulls did you get off without the case falling off the front sight post? I'm curious, but let's see who will push it to the limit. Tune in next week as we tackle another aerial marksmanship for another tip segment. Thank you for all those who follow and support the M-W Tactical Facebook page. If you haven't done so, look us up on Facebook and hit the like button and join in on the many discussions that are taking place. If you are more into photos, follow me on Instagram at MJ Woodland, where you can get an up-close and personal involvement of what I'm doing, whether in the military or maybe somewhere close to you out of range. If you would like to read more about us, do so by going to www.m-wtactical.com, where you can easily connect with us on any of the previously mentioned social platforms while looking at pictures, viewing future classes, ordering products, emailing us, or even listening to the current week of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. For those who want a more direct approach, just call us at 803-250-1256 and let's discuss whatever is on your mind from shooting classes or just inviting us out to come to your upcoming event. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Back to you, Ken. Thanks, Michael. This portion of the show has been brought to you by the United States Concealed Carry Association. The USCCA has been providing education, training, and self-defense insurance to responsibly armed Americans since 2003. Join Tim Schmidt and myself here at usconcealedcarry.com. Hey, what do you do if you find yourself in the middle of a full-blown riot? Now, I have to ask you this because with the protest and just the way the world is right now, I don't want you to be caught without a plan in the back of your mind. You could be just leaving work one day and the road, the street, the highway could be blocked by angry teens, high school kids protesting, took off from school or professional agitators. I remember once I was doing crowd control for my agency and we were all in riot gear in a whole nine yards, just like you see on television. And I found out that quite a few of the people who were in the crowd, this was their job. They were paid per protest by somebody. They traveled around the country and stirred up the mess, got people organized actually taught them how to protest. They were ready when we had to arrest them with the ties and pick them up and they were forming the chains and trying to block the street. They knew all the laws. They knew stuff better than we did. They had been they were veterans at this thing. Those are the easy ones. They're nonviolent. But among them are these young people who don't have a clue, who are very immature, who see them as not doing enough. They want to do more. You know how you were when you were a teenager. Hormones on fire. Spitting vinegar. Not much sense. Well, we have a lot of them now who are blaming everything is wrong with their life on you. 
Well, what happens when you find yourself in the middle of a full-blown riot? I got some some tips for you before we go. The first thing you want to do is assess the situation. You know how when you go into a building, you check out their exits and what you'll do if all hell breaks loose. If you're walking on foot and you can't make a quick exit, the next thing you want to try to do is to blend in. If that means momentarily blending into the crowd, even if pretending to cheer for the idiots, make sure you do whatever it takes to seem like you're one of them. If everybody is shouting about something, you better be doing the same thing. And by blending into the chaos and not drawing attention to yourself, you will be less likely to become a target. But remember, your number one job is to keep looking for the quickest possible escape route. And as soon as you find it, get the H out. Go with the flow. This means think of a mob as a large raging river. And the best way to get out of a river is to swim with the current and slowly make your way to the edge. The same thing applies here. The last thing you want to do is yell, scream, and pick a fight with somebody and draw attention to yourself. You want to stay calm, go with the flow, and work your way to the edge, then slip away to safety. Now, this is all Captain Obvious kind of stuff, unless you are dressed totally different, you are older, different gender, different race, a white guy in a black group might not necessarily be able to blend in, but maybe you can by being street smart. But if you can't, pick and choose which way you're going to go. The path of least resistance. Even in your pushing people out the way or telling a young punk to move, you want to do it as quiet as you possible so that you don't change the force of that river. You got me? If you got to punch a few people or hit them really low so that nobody sees the punch, hit them and move. But don't stop. Make a declaration. Got it? But what if you're in a car, right? What if you're in a car? You're coming home and then bam, the road is stopped. If your vehicle is surrounded where you can't get out and people are trying to burn your car, flip it over or drag you out, it's reasonable to assume that you are in serious threat of injury or bodily harm. And that's when you can start striking people with your car. In this case, even if you're armed to the teeth, don't get out and shoot. You'll be quickly overwhelmed by mobs. And your gun will probably be used on you and taken from you. Instead, slowly and steadily, forcefully drive away from the surrounding rioters. Steady movement is the key. You don't want to hit folks too hard that can disable your vehicle by itself. Use your vehicle to push people out of the way rather than strike them. Think you're going to be hurting them using thousands of pounds to just move. Of course, they're going to be slamming their fist on your car and hitting your windows and all that stuff. Know this. Your window, for example, is stronger if you would let the window down about a half inch so that there's some give in it. It'll last longer when you're throwing stuff at you, when people are throwing things at you. Even if a Molotov cocktail hits your car, eventually it'll burn itself out if you can keep moving. And it's imperative that you keep your doors locked and maybe even take your seatbelt off. If your doors don't automatically lock, get in the habit of locking them manually as soon as you get inside. You don't want the crowd to be able to easily open your door and drag you out. Your seatbelt should be off. Seatbelts will reduce your ability to draw a firearm if you have one. And you will also prohibit you from making a speedy escape should something happen to your car. It's like starting to burn or is overturned. But it's safer to stay inside the car in a crowd. Keep moving, bumping people out of the way with your car. Unfortunately, this is not legal. It's considered vehicular assault, just for you, so that you know that. And even if people are illegally blocking the road, you will likely go to jail if you run them down, absent of a legitimate threat to your life. That's why you must be aware, and that's why it's so important. Getting away from the kill zone both keeps you safe and out of jail. Law enforcement 
a standard police tactic is to isolate the violence, establish a perimeter to prevent it from spreading. So police will wait at the perimeter until they can see the unrest ebbing, then move inward once again to reestablish control. See, that works for them and helps to minimize uh, casualties caused by them and the political fallout from such casualties. But it won't help you if you're trapped inside. So remember, go with the flow. Hope there's something that I said that made sense. And if you need clarification, feel free to send me an email to blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. And now for something completely different. This week we had a chance to look at the super moon, which I thought was pretty cool. That's when the moon is full at the same time and is also the closest point to Earth in its orbit. It was magnificent. Now it looked like any other moon, just brighter, I thought. Well, see, the supermoon is only about 10% closer than it is at its farthest point in its orbit from Earth, technically. One thing it really does, though, is bring in the tide. And we can be really, really glad that it didn't rain to the point of flooding during that supermoon because it would have rose the floodplain really, really high. So, as we look at the moon, as the moon wanes this week, I hope you got a chance to go outside and see some of it. If nothing else, another excuse to be romantic. That's all I got this week, and I want to thank Ray and Michael for contributing once again. And check out the post that David Cole writes on blackmanwithagun.com, too. They're always stellar. You know, it's not hard to find someone who tells you that they love you. But it's hard to find someone who actually means it. Just in case nobody has told you this today. I love you. And there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Until next week, as we get closer to episode number 500. Shalom, baby. Until next time, friends. To keep in touch with Ken and his cause, head over to blackmanwithagun.com. with you.
with you. 